Welcome to the Weekly Offload, a podcast that discusses serious rugby league topics with a dash of dark humour. Hello everyone and welcome to episode two of the Weekly Offload. So on today's show, we're going to discuss gambling. We have our six again with Darko Davidovich. We're going to preview the NRL. We're going to speak about the WNRL and what stage of the season they are at. And also we have the question from our fans. How are you boys? I've never been better. What about you, Matthew? Very, very good, Matthew. Okay, so should we start our topic about gambling? I might get Darko Davidovich to go first, Matthew to go second, and I will go last because obviously I have a bit of a longer story to do with gambling, and then we're going to discuss what we can do to change things or improve things in rugby league. So, Darko, just give us um, your perspective of gambling. Uh, firstly, thanks for having me on the show, mate. Appreciate it. Um, gambling. Look, um, I, I enjoy having a little dabble um, in, in soccer and basketball and footy and other sports. Um, it can be a, a fun hobby if it's a hobby you can control. Unfortunately, most of us can't control ourselves. Um, so it, it definitely um, – I, I have some concerns with – gambling specifically in, in sport and in footy and the amount of um, gambling agencies who are sponsoring uh, stadiums and teams and sponsoring the coverage and um, are involved with the NRL, I guess. Um, I've, yeah, I've got grave concerns about it because, um, you know, we're basically trying to get the sport uh, to be followed by mums and, and, you know, ch- their children and families. Um, so if that's what we want, why are we allowing gambling to be everywhere? You know, any coverage you watch of the footy, whether it's a three o'clock game, the 5.30 game, 7.30, whatever time, it's all prime time essentially. Every second ad essentially is, uh, you know, this betting agency, that betting agency. Um, I just think it's a bit ridiculous. Yeah, I must agree with you. So I'm going to go into Matthew and I'm just going to ask you a question, Matt. So do you think gambling is a, is a problem within the playing community? Um, I can't speak for the playing community here in Australia, but I would say, you know, coming from the UK, it's, it's pretty big. It's pretty big in the UK. Um, we do like to have a little bit of a flutter. Um <laughs> I'm going to give you a little insight into what it's like on a Saturday back home in the UK. This is pretty much a Saturday afternoon for nearly every single lad in the UK. Meet the lads, full English and a pint, 14-fold acre, eight more pints before kickoff, lose 2-1 in the 90th minute, MK Don's let you down for free, free K, <laughs> more booze, stay out all night, relationship in tatters. So if anyone... <laughs> <laughs> If anyone listened to episode one, I do remember you saying that Australians drink more than English. I had a lot of feedback about that, by the way, that was saying that was incorrect. Um, so, Matthew, are you going to back up those claims now hearing this? 
I, I honestly think that it's a divide on the uh, gambling uh, with in the UK and and here. It's it's pretty big here, but it's, once I, the footy teams I've been around here, the boys love get having a bit of a gamble, like on the footy on horses. But it's pretty much the same back in the UK. Um, some of the clubs that I played for, we used to do um, a bit of a gambling key throughout the year, which was a bit of a money-saving thing for the end of the season, just in case we went on you know, the end-of-season trip or just Mad Monday. So it was just a little bit of fun, really. It never really got out of hand, but it is pretty prominent within the rugby league circle. Mm, I think that's um, sort of what a lot of people would like to know, and that's a good insight into it okay um i'm going to speak about my gambling journey how long do we have on this show um an hour okay i'll try to be as quick as i can um so basically my gambling journey is i started off with um a center bet account uh this basically was darko's fault because we were watching <laughs> man city it wasn't man city chelsea chelsea everton fa cup final 2009 okay. Chelsea in yellow jerseys, okay. Everton in blue. Okay, you got a better memory than me. Okay, so I didn't want to watch Chelsea the... won. <laughs> I wasn't a very big football or soccer in Australia fan, and I did not want to watch that 90 minutes. I thought it'd be the most boring 90 minutes of my life. So I started a Cenobet account. I basically won the first bet, which usually if you speak to gamblers, they actually usually, I'd say 90% of the time, win the first bet which uh, at the time seems like a blessing, but is actually a curse. Uh, so I won the first bet and then I basically started betting $100 initially to 1000 to tens of thousands of dollars. I turned $50,000 into $175,000 and then I lost that in six weeks, basically. Um Yes, oh dear indeed. And then basically I had about six months of probably the worst time in my life and I ended up uh, successfully turning $2,000 into two hundred and twenty grand. Um, which obviously it, this is a good story but we want to sort of iterate that it doesn't turn out like that for everyone. And when I was down on my luck, it was probably the worst time of my life. Obviously, I was probably had suicidal thoughts and uh, was struggling at the time. But it was just my family that sort of kept me uh, moving forward, I would say. Because I know, so for yourself, Darko, I know because you're sort of on the other, as you said, on the other end of things in terms of gambling, you sort of just... Uh, five ten dollars here and there but would you say you ever felt like you had a problem or it just it's any of your friends ever had a problem um i would definitely say well it depends how you look at it like i have a i have had a problem at times where it's been compulsive that i've, I've had to gamble on something every day and that's part of the the reason why i only do like maybe a five dollar bet um max ten dollars Anything above that and I'm nervous, I'm sweating. Um, because, you know, I, especially for a few years back, I had the urge every day and plus with football, like I'm a, I'm a foot, I follow football like Premier League and, and that sort of thing. There's a game on every day somewhere. So if you're following a sport that's on 
in every country in the world, every single day of the year, there's no break. There's always something to gamble on. Um, and throw NBA into that, throw the rugby league, whatever, there's always something to gamble on. So personally, I've, I've just had to limit my, myself to $5 bets or even less sometimes just to kind of control, let's say, the urge. And I know that's not going to break the bank. It's not going to cost me my life, career, family, whatever it might be. Um, but it's still, there's times where I thought, like, this is a bit silly. Like, what, why am I even doing this? Yeah, yeah. And then I think it's um, a good point that you said that you can gamble so much on football. There's so many options because supposedly one of the reasons, one of the main reasons why the NRL is going to Vegas is that fact that you can, there's so many gambling options and they want to make rugby league an option for Americans to gamble on. I'm okay with them going to Vegas and exploring new areas, but if it is that reason primarily, obviously morally, just because of my experience, I'm, uh, I'd say I'm against that, them doing that. I understand NRO is a business and they need to make money, but if that is the main reason and not the fact that they want to get American athletes, which is what's put out in the media, then, yeah, I'd say I would be against that. Did you have any stories, Matt, of any ex-players um, sort of going off, you don't have to mention any names, but going off the rails in terms of gambling? Um, I know somebody who's pretty close to me, um, may have came out the Gardner household as well, <laughs> may have played rugby league at a very high <laughs> level as well. Yeah. Yeah, that was my brother. So, uh, um, <laughs> now, I, I mean, I wouldn't say like it was like a huge, huge issue, but mm. it was probably like pretty close to like the beginning of um, mine and his career. Mm. So it would have been around like maybe 21, 22, something like that. Like I said, there is a little bit of a gambling culture within Ripley back home. And this is at a time when poker became pretty big back in the UK. And everybody was just going nuts for it. And they were just playing it all the time. And then my brother um, got pretty good at it. And then all of a sudden, this Super League poker ring formed within his house in St. Helens. And there was lads coming from like all over, from all over the country to play poker at his house. Wow. Um, and yeah, it, it got out of hand, I think, for a little bit. There was some big money getting thrown about, but then... I think that lasted for that one season and then it just kind of like fizzled out after that. So it wasn't like, it didn't turn into like a huge issue, but it was, you know, it was there. It got there. It got there, yeah. Yeah, well, like you're saying, the big money. I think once you, from my personal experience, once you bet big and especially win, I feel like there's no limit really to that. I remember after I won, my dad was probably one of the ones that was not happy that I won just for the fact that he said, really, there was no limit for you. So what would make you happy? And in the end, I'm not sure what that what that was, but I think I was just so relieved to stop in the end. I mean, I had one slip up. Um, I gambled a thousand dollars once, which for me wasn't that much really. But since then, that's probably, I don't think I've gambled for about nine years now. But as I said, there's a lot of people, hopefully anyone who's listening to this podcast, I think uh, if one reason or just find a reason to stop and also I think you can come back 
from anything. And I think like I'm a perfect example of that. So no matter what, how, uh, how bad it is, and I think speak to people. I didn't. I The way my mentality was, I thought if I told people what I just thought, what could I tell them? I'm a, I'm a loser basically, like I've lost. That's That's how I felt. But I don't think you should feel like that because addictions, it's a different sort of beast and in a way it's not you it's sort of like a it's like a fire that's always inside you but you can either fuel it or put it out but it's always I feel like it's always there it'll always be with me as well but I would just never gamble again I just know I wouldn't but it's still I believe it's still there so boys we've spoken about um, gambling now and and the issues and we've brought up some very good points but what about solutions? How can we, I might go to Darko for this one. How can we, firstly, how can we fix it? What what solution can we have to stop this problem within rugby league, would you say? Okay. Um, look, uh, I, I don't have a, I don't have any solutions yet uh, myself. Um, but it needs to be worked on and... Um, you know, look at, for example, the Premier League, uh, the English Premier League, they've banned, um, it's not in effect yet, but they've made the decision that um, jersey sponsors cannot be um, gambling agencies. Um, you know, in the past, we used to have cigarette companies uh, sponsoring all major sporting events and everything in the world, essentially, and that was stopped. And all those sports and, and whatever, whichever event was being sponsored, they moved on, found others. Um, you know, the NRL can do the same if we're talking about the NRL specifically, like as a sport with the sponsorship involved there. They can move on. They can find someone else. There's always someone. It's like when a great player is about to retire and people think, oh, we'll never find anyone like him. There's always someone that comes. And um, I think that'll be the same. But... In need, they need to start working on it immediately. Um, you know, I, I'm not involved in rugby league, uh, um, so I don't know what kind of education there is for people. I think you can educate people on the dangers of, of gambling. Um, it doesn't. It's not going to stop them from doing it. Um, but I would work on teaching young kids and hopefully preventing young kids from getting involved in it because um, I think that's going to save lives, save families. And um, that's more important than a few bucks. And then I think, yeah, I agree with everything you said. And I think Darko and I have spoken outside of the podcast. Just we both had the similar idea of that. At least if they're going to post the odds, it should be later on at night. I think I'm not sure if you mentioned that today. but No, yeah. no, I didn't mention it today. But that's definitely we have spoken about that. Um, there should be a, a time, you know, let's say after 10 o'clock, like, you know, that's when all the live games are finished, basically. By 10 o'clock, any replays you show, okay, put the odds up of whatever game's on for tomorrow. The, you know, why Why do we need to see, you know, every ad um, has the odds for this try scorer, that try scorer, for the next game, this, like, whatever it might be. What? Why do we need that? Why does a, you know, 13, 14-year-old kid need to see that? Mm, yeah, I think that's very a uh, fair point because... Growing up, you don't realize what you take in. I think growing up when you're younger, um. I just want to add to. I think it's it's not just uh, the NRL. I think as a culture, as a society, we've got to 
make more effort, uh, especially I'd say fathers. Um, you know, if it's usually I would imagine more men that gamble. Um, you know, if you've got young kids or especially young sons, teach them how to be a little bit more smart and responsible with having a punt. Like we all like a little punt, maybe Melbourne Cup or a big event or whatever it might be. You don't have to gamble every day. You don't have to gamble every week. You don't have to gamble big dollars. You know, you can do it in a responsible way. Um, so everyone needs to make more effort to teach the people around them to be better with it. And this is a... Obviously, it's a serious topic, but on this podcast, we want to discuss serious topics and then obviously throw in a little bit of fun as well. So, Matthew, this question, have you ever gambled on yourself to be the first try scorer in a match? And would you have any confidence in doing that? (laughs) (laughs) I think if you look at my try scoring record, my fear speaks for itself. So I would... Not hesitate at all in you know throwing a little wager on myself to score a try. I've never done it, <laughs> so I mean I've I've never been like a big a big gambler. So, but you know it's it's a bit of fun if you if you can keep control of it. But I've never I've never wagered a bet on myself. I'm afraid, mate. Okay, okay. I think it's like it's exactly what you just said. It is a bit of fun. I think it's like I'm not saying you shouldn't be able to gamble because it's kind of like the analogy of having, you know, fast food outlets. Some people um, go crazy with McDonald's or KFC. You don't want to ban them completely. I just think the, it's like similar to what Darko was saying. You don't, you don't sponsor or you don't have sponsors for cigarettes because you don't want children seeing it over and over. So I'm not saying for some people they can easily do a $10 bet. I just found for myself, it just wasn't, that wasn't a thing for me. That was my addiction. Uh, Nothing ever really caught me like gambling. So I think they should, you should be able to bet as Darko was saying, Melbourne cup or any other smaller events like that or rugby league. But I think, yeah, the less advertising, the better. So I think... I think if you go past the NRL a little bit and you look at where the games are being played on TV, that might be a bigger issue because it's really difficult to ignore uh, on the TV when the major sponsor of the show is a is a gambling uh, company. So, you know... NRL probably do quite a lot behind the scenes in terms of helping players and you know sending out a good message and things like that, but it's really difficult to you know leapfrog that and look at the broadcaster and see what they're doing because that's something that you see on. Mm. And then Matt, in terms of just outside of rugby league, po- uh, my fiance Polly has definitely found this that there is a bigger problem. I would say here than in England, just in terms of pubs. I mean, I think we've all spoken about this, uh, Darko and I have spoken about it, and Matt as well, that pubs here, the enticing thing for people to go is usually the poker machines. Whereas in England, it's the atmosphere, it's seeing your friends. It's, I mean, more families, I feel like, go to the pub in England just for a meal. But here, I do think the poker machines are sort of what makes the money or drags people in. So would you say... Australia, it's kind of like the drinking last week. Uh, Australia versus England. Uh, I mean, you're wrong last week, but let's get this one right. <laughs> Definitely As- not wrong. Australia versus England. Would you say we have, would you agree with Polly that we have more of a gambling culture here than in the UK? And once again, the Aussies win. 
Yeah, um, I'd agree. That's 100%. Like back home, if you go if you go to a pub back home, you generally you go in there with your friends or your family to have a beer. <laughs> Dark M, you can't you can't see Darker, but he's doing a bit of gesture of drinking because he did not agree with Matt last week uh, and he messaged the group chat. So these yeah. boys don't have a clue. Um but yeah, generally back home if you go into the pub, you you're going for a beer to sit down and socialise with your friends, your family. Here you walk into the pub and you've got bright lights shining in your face immediately as soon as you even probably before you even get to the door of the pub mm. you can see the bright lights of the pokies and then you've got the the tab in there as well so like you don't have to go anywhere if you want to go and have a bet back home you've either got the thing on your phone the app or you got to go to the bookies mm. which a lot of people like doing but it means you have to actually go to do it yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, well, you. Gonna I was just gonna. I was just gonna say, like, it's not even you know Australia or, or England in terms of gambling. Like, I know in my hometown in in Europe, I won't say where. It's compli- <laughs> It's complicated. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, every every fifty meters, there's a there's a shop uh, where you can go in and, and bet, and they and they turn them into cafes, and and there's a hundred people in there all day long, every day. Like, it's insane. And those people are earning like maybe 500, 600 bucks a month. Mm. And they're spending all day gambling. Like, mm. it's, it's not just here, it's everywhere. But it's a problem. Could you, for your hometown, could you maybe do a rhyming word for it? Do you think? <laughs> Two rhyming words. I think I know where you mean, but could you do. I can say where I'm from. Yes. Okay. The town. I'll say the town. Okay. Banya Luka. Okay. That's, that's you have to say it central. Like I was gonna say that's kind of Banya Luka. <laughs> I don't know what our listeners think, but actually, this is taking a weird turn. That's actually kind of a bit central, darker that one. Yeah, Banya Luka. I don't think I didn't end up going with you to Banya Luka. You did, did not. I? Thanks, COVID. No, but I went to Belgrade. But we don't want to go off topic. But I do think. <laughs> Um, I do agree. Even to Matt's point with the accessibility, I think he, because it's so easy with apps and, and things like that, it's when my family or when I was younger, my family used to go to the tab, for example, I used to always think like I would never, they weren't really big into it, my, you know, my father or anything like that, but I always, well, my uncles were, but I always used to think I would never really go into a tab on a Sunday, but then see, I got caught on the app so they sort of which is what they're meant to do they've sort of found another way around it for people who wouldn't physically walk into there i would dare say if there wasn't apps i would never have gambled because i don't remember i might have maybe walked into a tab once in my life as and that one time i felt like a loser walking in essentially and um, if it wasn't for apps or online gambling i i, did, I probably would not have gambled it sort of has that funny smell, doesn't it, the tab? Am I wrong? It has like a, I don't know, it's like a cigarettes and dampness. Did you boys ever go into the bookies in the UK? No. no. Oh, wow. No. Is that even worse? That I feel play, like... It, that place must never get cleaned, uh, ever. And the people really? that are in there must live in there for weeks on end and never clean themselves. It stinks. So that's really? put, that'll put me off forever going in the bookies. I reckon I don't think I've ever been in a bookies to put a bet on. Yeah, that doesn't. I I sort of feel like in England, I'm getting a vision of a 
very tough, tough northerner saying that he'll break my thumbs. Is that accurate? Would you say you would want to watch your back if you went into the bookies? <laughs> yeah, I think absolutely. I think I would have been in, a, especially the state that I was in. I would have been in a bit of trouble over in England. I think definitely for sure. But uh, yeah, I think it's like what we're saying that just the accessibility at the moment. Is there anything else, boys, that you'd like to add on the gambling topic before we move on? Um, in terms of just closing it off for today, is there anything else? Have you got any tips? N- <laughs> No, I did not. But I do remember after I won, many, many people <laughs> said to me, oh, if I gave you $2,000, could you win, win some money for me? Just, uh, we'll talk about it when we're off air. Yes. What about you, Duck? Is there anything you want to... We don't endorse gambling in any way. No, definitely not. And we're not those ones that sort of say, gamble responsibly. We will never have a gambling sponsor on this show. That's... Um, I would never do that, that's for sure. Okay, we're going to move on to six again with Darko Davidovich this week. So we did a successful six and again with Matt Gardner last week. Let's see if Darko can top the six again. So Darko Davidovich, why do you love rugby league? I've literally never thought about that question. Well, this is the I've, best time to I've answer literally it. <laughs> you know what? Like, uh, I came to Australia. I was seven years old. I came in September 1995. The first game I ever saw of rugby league or ever heard of rugby league was the 95 grand final. I think it was Manly versus the Bulldogs. Um, by the start of the 96 season, I was a devout Roosters fan. I'm not even sure why, but I was. And, and I loved the game. And I've loved it ever since. And... I don't know why. Like, I I just, I I don't know if someone, when I came here, someone told me, look, this is what Aussies follow. This is what Aussies love. And I just thought, well, this is what we do here. And, and I fell in love with the game and I, and I, I followed it religiously since. We walk, we gamble, we walk into cigarette smelling taps and we watch rugby league. That's what we do here. Um, is it true, Darko, that, you supported the Sydney Roosters because you saw Sydney and you thought they were, I'm pretty sure that was you, you thought they were your closest team, even though we lived in Fairfield. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is like the probably one of the furthest teams I could have chosen. But um, look, I'm not sure. I ha- uh, there was a, a family friend uh, who was a Roosters, or he's a Roosters fan, so he may have influenced me as a young kid. But um, my memory is that, you know, I thought, you know, where I'm from generally, uh, there's one, maybe two teams per city or per town, right? Maximum, depending on the size. And um, and, I, and I thought Sydney, like that's that's where I'm in. I'm in Sydney, so the Sydney City Roosters is is my local team. It must be. Um, I also like the colours, red, blue, and white. Uh, nice colours. And um, I assume it's something to do with that. Um, now I don't regret the choice. Um, <laughs> it's turned out really well for me. I could mm-hmm. have ended up supporting my local team, Parramatta. But uh, thankfully that didn't happen. I was just about to say, you've seen a few more premierships than me, I think, in that time, haven't I've you? I've seen some Parramatta losses too. <laughs> no, look, uh, I like Parramatta. Being in the local team, I, I, they're my second team. I hope they win one in my lifetime. Yes, well, don't, or, hold, or yours. don't hold your breath on that one. <laughs> um, so, Darko, do you feel accepted liking rugby league as an Australian? When I wrote this question, I was like, is it Australian Serb, Serb Australian? What would you prefer? Does it matter? Yeah, we, like, 
in the community will say Aussie mm. Serbs. Aussie Serbs, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that sounds good. Most, okay. Like, I mean, these days, most of us are, are born here. I wasn't born here, but most of us are born here. Mm. Um, we're very, we hold on to our culture and, and, and our religion and things like that that make us Serbian, I guess. Um, we we'll always will, but, um, and mm. you know, for any culture, you know, you should do that. But um, at the end of the day, we're Australians as well. You know, this country's given us a great life. Um, we've, uh, which, you know, our parents and our grandparents have worked hard to achieve. So we appreciate that and we respect that. Um, and we'll always be proud Aussies and Serbs. Yeah, I think that's fair. So, Darko, what is Serbia's national sport? And well, are they good hard, at it? It's it's hard to uh, it's a hard one to answer because mm. um, automatically you might say football, um, but recently there's not much success there. And um, it actually, it's one of those sports that we, we love. We we want to be successful in it more than any sport combined. Um, but unfortunately, we always um, well not we like the players break our hearts. Um, Water polo is a sport that's a very small sport in Europe, in, in the world where we, we dominate and we've been super successful. But if you're going to say a national sport, probably basketball is the, the, the one that you could say is, um, is the national sport. Yeah, you guys, I think it's underestimated. You have a pretty good basketball they team. They call it Jokic. Oh, okay. Yeah. MVP. Nice. Wow, you really are into it. Sounds good, man. I mean, he's the, he's the best player in the world at the moment. Okay. Darko, like, how how about the uh, national rugby league team, Serbians? Do you know much about them? Um. Well, I, I don't know too much about the individual players. I know we have some NRL players uh, or even former NRL players with Serbian background, um, like one that used to play for Parramatta, Tom Opacic. Mm. Uh, we've got Nick Kotric that plays for Canberra. Mm. Uh, we've got the Trebojevic brothers. Um, they're, you know... They've been in, their family's been in Australia a long time, but they're Serbian background. Um, there is a league in Serbia. They also play in like a Balkan league, a bit of a wider league in that region. Um, it's it's a growing sport, and I remember probably about eight or nine years ago, I was at the bus station in Belgrade, in the capital of Serbia, um, just walking through the gate to try to get to my bus, and a guy stopped me. And I thought he was just like begging or asking for money. And I was like, no, no, no look, I, I've got nothing. And he's like, nah, man. Like, because I had a, I uh, should explain, I had a New South Wales origin top on. Mm. And he's like, no, no, I, I like your top. I, I follow rugby league. And that was the first time I've ever met uh, like a Serb from Serbia that lives there that um, supports rugby league. Now, we did get very close to qualifying for the last World Cup. And maybe it's a topic for another time. Now that the World Cup's been reduced to ten teams, we'll probably never qualify now. But we were very close. I've got a really fun fact for you. Give it to us. That one of my really good friends and one of my oldest coaches was the national coach for Serbia. Him and his wife, so Mr. Stuart Wilkinson, who is now academy coach at Salford City Reds, and yeah. his uh, wife is the head coach of Barrow Raiders women's team. And wow. Stuart used to coach me when I played for Leeds Rhinos. And he coached me when I was at Witness Vikings as well. Um, so we're both from the same town. And he, he was most recently the uh, Serbian National Rugby League coach. Yeah. Do you know how he, uh, how he got involved in that? How did that happen? 
Stewart's like a, he's a very, very well-known figure in British rugby league. He's an f- unbelievable coach. Um, he's also a, a university a doctor as well. And he's super, super clever when it comes to like all, all types of coaching in many different uh, sports. But rugby league is obviously his, his forte and um, his reputation and the clubs that he's coached at and the things that he's won as well is unbelievable. And I think... He will have been approached. He's coached at a couple of national level teams. He's coached in France as well. And he, um, yeah, so he'll have been asked for money. There you go. Brilliant. Small, <laughs> small world, small world after all. Um, Darko, so outside of rugby league, what's your favourite sport? I think you did mention it, but give it to us. What's yeah, your look, uh, as a kid, I mean, yeah, since I have known of my existence um i've just followed everything like every sport olympics everything that's on sport I, i'd watch golf when i was a kid like everything um but football is football soccer football um that's always been my biggest passion um since i was a kid and um that's the one i follow most uh, religiously you might say and you'd know back back in the day when you'd be going out to clubs and I'd be like, nah, 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 you know, I'm tired. And then I'd stay up till 6 a.m. watching Premier League, random teams or championship or French League or German League, whatever it was. I'd just watch everything and, um, that, yeah, that's really worked out for me. I just want to say I never <laughs> went to those clubs. That's a that's a false statement. That's a lie. I was never going to clubs, Darko. No, yeah, well, you were at home gambling, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, I think you're going by that story. All right, lastly, Darko. So what would you do if you were Peter Valenti? So in terms of the NRL, what would you do? Excellent question. I wish I'd prepared for it. Um, if I was Peter Valenti's, you know what? I, I'd focus on... Two things I'll say. Um, I really think the there needs to be another team in the league. Like having seventeen teams, it's I, I don't really like that. Um, I think we need eighteen teams. Um, making a, a smart decision on where the next team will be. Um, I won't. We can talk about another time on you know what teams uh, you know maybe or what cities or even countries are capable of handling another team in the NRL. Um, that's one thing. Second thing, which has, I guess, bothered me over the years is, and you'd know this, is just the constant rule changes in the NRL um, and mid-season rule changes and interpretation changes. Um, that need, I, I would say that just needs to stop. Like, if you're going to make a, a rule change, I would say trial it in the, in the New South Wales Cup or Queensland Cup or you know, whether it's in the Super League Championship or whatever, Tr- get it, have it trialled, do it for a year, see if it actually makes the game better or worse. See what kind of impact it does. See what the players think about it. And if it works, then you start it from the next, start of the next season. You don't change an interpretation, change a rule halfway through a season. I know you love the hip drop. That might be. Do we have another hour on the show, <laughs> boys? We're all pretty tired, but... I want to say bring back the shoulder charge. Bring it back. Matt actually said that <laughs> agree, last week. I agree. Yeah, Matt was quite he was quite big on that last week. Can I, I'll just just to touch on that, like I, I'm more um, you know, you're talking about hip drop, like that's obviously a dangerous tackle. 
I'm more of a, my idea is you don't ban, it's a contact sport. Like we, you know, maybe this answers your fir the first question, why I love the sport. It's a part of it is the contact and the big hits. And I don't think you should ban the contact. But if it's a dangerous type of contact, then make sure the players know if you do this and you hurt someone, you, you suffer big consequences. You're out for 10, 15, 20 weeks. Naturally, the game will evolve and change and the players will naturally learn not to do those things when they get suspended for 15 weeks in one season. That's just my, my opinion on that. I think that's very fair. So, boys, we've sort of segued into it, which is nice. Should we do our NRL preview for this week? Let's do it. Okay. Well, that's cool, man. All right. Should we go for it? Okay, I've th that's throwing me off a little bit. Okay, so um, Knights Sharks. Let's start with Matthew because uh, Darko's been chatting away, which is great. But let's start with Matt. Who would win uh, this game if it was a knockout? So if this game were a finals match, I want to know, and I don't want any fence sitting, who would win? Right now? Right now. Do, do we understand that? Is that right that Nico Hines is out? That's a fair point. Okay, well, Nico Hines plays. Nico Hines well, if he plays. If plays, then it's a different story. I think, you know, it's going to be pretty close. But do you know what? Our form, I'm going to go with Newcastle. I like. I just really like the way they're playing. And But, you know, let's talk about reality. Nico Hines isn't going to play this week, so I'm still going to back Newcastle. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's Darko. Who do you, who do you say? Knights or Sharks? Uh, I think you have to... You can't, you can't bet against the Knights at the moment until... You know they drop off in in energy or form or whatever it might be. You have you have to tip them. Like and I would say, pretty much no matter who they're playing right now. So does that mean you'd say? Because I would disagree. Does that mean you say that they could win the premiership? I actually I, I give them no hope of winning the premiership. Matthew, last week when I said they were going to beat the Rabbitohs, you said no way. I don't believe I said no way. We can go back to today. I think I said that Souths were my premiership favourite at the start of the year and I'm losing confidence by the minute. You shocked at my choice by the minute. in that game. I said Newcastle were going to win and they won comfortably. I think we should get the listeners to write in on that one. I think they should complain. We might have millions of emails because we're getting a lot at the moment, definitely. <laughs> there's, What's our email? There's a lot. <laughs> the weekly offload at gmail.com, Darko. Unbelievable. But, um, yeah, I'm going to say I do agree, but I don't give them a chance to win the premiership. I'm going to say it right now. I don't think they can win it. Look, but you're talking about right now, right? You're talking about if the final wasn't the question. If yeah. If, if it's a finals game right now, then I think they can they can win right now, but they have to sustain. They've won seven in a row, right? Yeah. They seven. have to sustain that for another five six weeks or something like that, right? So that's going to be extremely tough. Um, but going on current form and just the energy they're showing, I haven't seen this from the Knights in. I don't know how long have they sucked. Like it's been a long time since two thousand and one. Just say it. <laughs> just say it. You know you want to. Just say two thousand and one. Okay, let's move on. Let's not think about two thousand and one. I think about it every day. Okay. Um. Yeah, I did bring it up. So Raiders versus the Broncos. 
two questions. I guess Matt and I sort of spoken at last week about Broncos are his premiership favourite. But with the Raiders, so they're such a funny side. They sort of change, my opinion sort of changes on them every week, I'd say. I, you know, I don't, same with the Knights. I don't really give them a chance of winning the premiership. How do you see the Raiders, Matthew? I don't give them a chance of winning the premiership, but they're just that really awkward team. And like they delivered Broncos their first loss, didn't they, at Suncorp this year? Yeah, fair. Um, and uh, it's Jack Whiten's last game mm. as well. So, you know, there's there's a, there's a lot of emotion there. And, and yeah, they're celebrating last Croker, game as yeah. well. There's a lot of, you know, they, they'll want to go out on a high for them, them boys, especially Jared Croker. So, you know, you never know, but I'm still just going to keep backing my, no, sorry, not my Broncos. I'm just going to keep backing the Broncos. <laughs> the Broncos, yes. I do find that people do find a second team this time of year, don't they? And I, I was going to say, do you think, I just want to bring up the Eels winning last night, but do you think the way that they played last night, which they should have like this is another topic, but should have played like all year. Do you think their style last night potentially could unlock the way to beat Penrith? Because I thought they actually played very similar to the Broncos model this year. Gutherson was roaming around like Reese uh, Walsh. We don't want to did it. You yeah. did it. Yeah, we don't want to get in that uh, Gutherson again. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so he was roaming around and I think the offloads, we had 13 offloads in the first half from when I can remember and in the second half we sort of put the offloads away when we're winning and that's when Penrith got a sniff. So I think, is that the way to beat Penrith? I think they played Penrith how you need to play Penrith to win. Like if you are willing to put the hard yards in against Penrith and like, you know, do that really uh, dog work first, uh, grind it out of their middle their middle controls everything if you take that away from them you've got the skill to play that expansive game out the back with Guthrie th- 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 um <laughs> then you you're gonna see you're gonna see them uh, fall apart i think i think they're there for the taking if you if you've got that in your team broncos broncos yeah big broncos man we might see in a broncos jersey next week who knows I've got one if you want to borrow it. Oh, God, yeah, let's not go, let's not go into that one. That that story might be for another another day. Um, so the Roosters and the Tigers. So this question, basically, I'm going to start with just say flat out no, but can the Roosters make the eight? Mate, we're making the eight. We're 100% making the eight. We'll get through the Tigers this week and then I'm afraid rabbits. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, Darker, you're probably going to say the same. These are two big Roosters supporters, by the way, guys. No doubt. No doubt. We're making the eight, baby. Okay. Actually, there's a lot of doubt. Well, you can't, <laughs> you, can't, you can't be sure with us this year. But, you know, I'm actually pleased we're going on a little bit of a run and ending the season reasonably well. Uh, even if we don't make the eight, I'd love to finish with two wins and a, another two wins to, you know, last two rounds and kick Souths out of the top eight. That'd be beautiful. I'm going to be very careful with what I say because we may or may not have a Roosters player coming on this podcast. But do you, 
Darko first think they deserve to make the eight, honestly, as a fan. No chance. But who, does do Souths deserve it more the way they're going at the moment? The, does North Queensland deserve it more? Like, you know, these uh, – I think even Canberra – deserves it way more to stay in the eight than than any of those three teams, to be honest. Um, so there's going to be a team that finishes eighth, maybe even seventh, that probably is just going to sneak in, doesn't really deserve to be there, probably won't end up doing too much in the finals, um, unless it's the Roosters who are going to win it. Thanks. Okay, so last – you see how I just segued out of that one. Last um, but not least, the Dolphins and the Cowboys. So this is more not on the game, but do you think the Dolphins were a success this year? What do you think, Matt? I think they've been a massive success. I've really enjoyed watching them, except for the first game of the season when they beat Roosters. <laughs> but um, what about Wayne? He's just a legend. He's just – he just always manages to pull it out of the out of the out of the bag, doesn't he? So, I think they're they've been a massive success. I really enjoy watching them. They brought something new to the NRL this year. Um, I think they're just going to continue to keep getting better after after the performances this year. And obviously, they've still got win next year. I think maybe yeah yeah one more. Um, then they're going to attract some better players over the next year and or the next two years. So, you know, who knows where they're going to go. But, yeah, really excited about them. I really like them. Uh, where they are at the moment is roughly where I thought they would be. Uh, I didn't think they'd be the worst team and I didn't think they'd make the eight. Um, it's probably, you know, maybe slightly negative feel is that they've started off so well and then fallen off. Um, no one expected them to start that well. Um, and we probably thought that maybe later in the season they'd gel and pick up some points. So it's kind of been opposite of what, what was expected, but um, I think, yeah, it's it's been pretty successful. If anyone could have done it, and that's Wayne. Uh, he's done a great job, and um, I think they're going to get better over the next couple of years, whether he stays you know, coaching them longer or not. I think they'll do well. So we've just got an update that <laughs> the Cowboys are beating the Dolphins 18-0. So do you want to change your answers, boys, or keep it the same? This is I mean, we're, we're talking about, you know, the future of the Dolphins here. They yeah. brought something exciting. We'll yeah. forget about what they're doing right now. But um, the coming years, they're gonna, I think they're going to... They're going to do really well. Yeah, I think Wayne went with an interesting tactic to to sign the forwards first and then have um, the backs, uh, sort of lesser names in the backs beside the, I guess, the hammer. But he sort of made his name this year anyway. But yeah, his, his idea of signing the forwards first, it was very similar to one of our friends when we played virtual NRL, um, Chris Babiga, shout out to Chris. Um, so he, that's what he would do. His backs were absolutely horrendous. We had no idea who they were, but his forward pack, I can remember he had Gallen, uh, Cameron Smith, so those sort of players. So he, he would pick the forward pack. So actually when Wayne Bennett picked the team and everyone was saying, well, a lot of people were saying they'd run last, I actually thought of Chris and I thought, probably similar to yourself, Darko, they'd be roughly where they're finished. So not as bad as people are saying. I thought maybe they could sneak like potentially into the eight, maybe eighth position. But I think losing um, the halfback sort of early on, Sullivan, and I think just a few injuries. I mean, all, all the teams had injuries, but I think with their depth as a first-year team, they really needed everyone on the park. 
So I think it was quite difficult. But I'd say we all agree. Pass mark, boys, would you say, for the Dolphins this year? Yeah, Give them a pass mark. Okay. I mean, they started from zero. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Let's uh, let's again move on <laughs> on the podcast. Um, last, please. We're going to speak about the WNRL. So, just in terms of, we spoke about last week how much we love the physicality of the game and just the gameplay in general. And Matt said it's uh, sort of brought him back to real rugby league or real footy as we say in this country. Um, but with the WNRL, the timing or the schedule. So I heard one uh, former player this week, I'm just uh, finding it hard just to think of her name at the at the minute, but she did play for the Sydney Roosters. And she was saying it was interesting when it was the COVID year or past the COVID year, they played two competitions. So they played one before the season and then one um coming into our finals so her point of view was which is what is happening at the moment on foxtel you basically have two choices so you have either the women's game or the men's um basically she was being very honest i think to say that majority probably at the minute would choose the men's game and that's nothing against the women's game it's obviously the men have had years and years of being professional and building the profile. But she was also admitting that most people would be picking the men. So her idea actually was to keep or to bring back the COVID year of starting in the summer when you have cricket and things like that. So February, starting the WNRL season when people are excited to see uh, footy and excited to watch, let's say, Parramatta Eels versus the Knights, but they're not getting that with the men. So I thought it was, it sort of stuck in my mind. It was an interesting concept that not many people had spoken about. So we might start with you, Matt. What's your... Uh, thought pattern on on that concept would you agree with it or do you think it is better to run it let's say finish with the nrl because obviously they play grand final on the same night that's only downfall i think the split season worked when it when in covid but i think for the game to progress they need to have a full season where they start in game one and it goes all the way through to the grand final there's no breaks in the season I, I agree with maybe starting the season maybe a little bit earlier so when the men's season's out of action there's a bit of footy on like and it'll drum up a lot more interest there'll be many more people watching the game like i said it's such a fantastic uh game to watch um it's really exciting and you know the the girls deserve their own platform and their own airtime as well so you know i i'm i'm for that i think that i think that would work um, but split season, I don't think it's going to work because they're going to want to add more teams as this as the years roll by, and you know you're never going to be able to have a split season when you've got a full quarter of teams in there. I think her uh, her thoughts were not a split season, but to start at the start of the year and then finish in finish round. Earlier, like, or? Yeah, finish earlier. So, but she did say the only downfall is they don't get that grand final night. On the same, so they wouldn't play grand final night. Their, their grand final would be in the middle of the year. That's a maybe that's just problem. a short term, you know, consequence of building the game into something, you know, um, and it's already getting better. 
but maybe it'll take five, six, seven years and it will eventually, there'll be enough quality, enough teams to have a regular season along with the men's. It's an interesting, I think it's an interesting take either way. I honestly think if you start the season early and they end up having a grand final halfway through and you've given them their own platform to show what the showcase their skills and you know earn the right the teams have earned their right to be at a grand final you know selecting the right stadium for them to play in i think they sell the stadium up like you watch the women's origin that gets played just before the men's origin and wherever they play it gets sold out so i don't i reckon it would work 100 percent. yeah i think i agree with both of you the only selfish um a self from a selfish point of view i've actually enjoyed so when the men for example, or at uh, at half time, I would switch over to the women. Or if the women's game was more competitive, I'd be watching more of the women's game. So I've personally, I haven't minded having two different channels of footy to switch back and forth with. But I do take her point in the fact that um, because the men's game is more established you would have or just even the would would people know it's on the other channel because it's not on the main the main station even potentially they could do on fox or how they used to have that red button where you switch to both just so people know that it's on but i think we're all in agreement that the women's game has grown so much in the obviously the the years five six years that it's been on and i think next week i'd like to discuss the teams more in depth in terms of where they sit on the ad- on the ladder obviously not Can Parramatta because we, we're last who's at, the, who's at the top of the ladder the roosters who's at the bottom of the ladder the eels Oy. yes i know we just lost so many players like with those new oh, teams excuses yeah it's just unbelievable do we have any team going well at the moment yeah, not not doing well for the old eels. Tumbleweed just rolled past. Yeah. Need to bring uh, Brian Smith back. <laughs> yeah, he'll get us the premiership. He la- he might text the players. Yeah, a bit of choking. Darko's doing a bit of a choking gesture. I'm pretty sure it's choking. Um, so the, the last one, boys, our question from our millions and millions. Oh, before we do the question. Yes. I've got a really, really good story. Okay. It's just, it's from an ex NRL player. It just popped up today. Like I just seen it today on um, when I was just flicking through on like Facebook. Yep. Andrew Fafita uh, retired, but he's over in uh, over in the UK, and he's been coaching a local amateur side called Crigleston All Blacks. You guys the, have really good last, names for the last year. I've never heard of this team ever. Anyway, he t- decided to pull the boots back on at the weekend, and he uh, appeared for them. How really? good's that? Did he carve up? He carved up. <laughs> <laughs> he carved up. There's a really bad like I just I was literally just scrolling through and there's a really b- bad picture of him absolutely trampling some young I, kid. It's, it's under fifteens too. <laughs> I may or speaking of this this that sort of is funny you mentioned him because I may or may not have seen him playing poker machines all night. One night in a pub. <laughs> so it's quite ironic that you've mentioned him. Um, but I do, yes, I will not well, say. What a great story, eh? I will, yeah. Get back to the grassroots. Yeah, yeah that's Kriggle, right. Kriegelstone, was it? Kriegelstone, <laughs> All Blacks. Would you? And I think that's in Castleford. Okay. Never heard of them. 
Would you, Matt, would you consider coming back and playing in, say, an under-12s team or would you give that a That's go? That's probably the only level I could play at right now <laughs> with my knees. That's probably the only level I could ever play at, so <laughs> I can't really say anything. Um, last one, boys, so our, our very good story. Matt, that's why we have you on the podcast, mate. Um, last one, uh, question from our millions and millions of fans comes from Little Emmanuel in Marrickville, and he has said, who would be your next immortal? So should we start with Daxi? Who would be your next immortal? James Tedesco. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, um, look, it, it, it burns me to say it, being a New South Wales fan but um, and a Melbourne Storm disliker. But um, Is that a word, disliker? Yeah, it is now. Um, I think you can't go past Cameron Smith. The amount of games he played, and most of them as captain, um, captain in Queensland during that run, um, the way he controlled games, uh, the way he, I would say, manipulated referees. Um, he's one of the, I think, one of the greatest players that have ever played the game, personally. It, it hurts to say, but it's just fact. What about you, Matthew? I'm going to have to go for an ex-Storm player as well. And I'm going to say he's the greatest fullback that's ever walked onto a pitch. Barco's <laughs> covering his ears. Mr. Billy Slater, uh. um, that that guy is just an absolute freak. He transformed that role of a fullback. Some of the things that he did in his career, like especially at Origin level, like you'll just you'll never ever forget those moments. Like, and I think that's what makes him fantastic. He should be one of the next immortals. We've got. I don't want to bring it up today, but we've got a story about him. I feel like this is the second time we're going to mention Chris Pavega, but we have a second story about him, but maybe that's for another day. Yeah, I reckon we'll save it. I think that's for another day. Um, I'm going to go with Jonathan Thurston, and reason being is I think in State of Origin he could play two different roles, which actually as a half is not as easy as you think. So he could play second fiddle, but then he could also be the dominant Half And I think in the clutch moments, uh, winning the State of Origin comes to mind with a goal kick. I mean, I know he missed the, that goal kick against um, Brisbane in the in extra time. Uh, but Oh, sorry, in the 80th minute. But then he did kick the field goal when it mattered, which is also not easy. So I just think the way he dominated at, at playing second fiddle, so he let Cooper Cronk, uh, Lockyer, for example, have the ball when they wanted the ball, but then he also could play a dominant half, which I think has it's proven in the NRL. Not many halves can do both. They are usually good at one or the other. They like the pressure or they'd rather be second fiddle. How scary is it that all three that we picked played in that Queensland origin team dominated New South Wales for many years it's very scary and don't forget uh, Roosters legend Cooper Cronk as well in that team <laughs> like there's been a lot of <laughs> there's been a should we wrap it up there's been too much Roosters tonight that's for sure all right boys so let's wrap it up we have taken a load off for this week. Until next time, see you later on the 
Weekly offload.